Welcome back, everyone, to Your Life, God's Word, where we take the principles found in Scripture and we apply them to our everyday lives, those areas that are most important, faith, family, and community. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, Thanks for being back with us. I was out last week at a men's retreat, powerful time in the Holy Ghost, great fellowship, some awesome guys. Uh, just get together, um, about 20 or so of us, and um, had a great time. Great time in prayer and the evenings, and just an overall uh, fantastic time getting together. And uh, highly encourage that kind of thing for people to get together, uh, either with families or men or a ladies' retreat or whatever it is. Just getting some time for a few days to be able to enjoy one another, enjoy the fellowship, have specific times of teaching and prayer, and... Um, you just kind of let your hair down a little bit, you know? So anyway, I am back, obviously, because you can see me and hear me, hopefully, if everything's going well with the podcast recording. We're going to be doing something a little bit different today. Uh, last time we talked about how we're going to start taking the podcast and using the principles in the Word of God, expanding that, uh, expanding that outward, just stepping back a little bit, the principles of God's kingdom universal principles of the kingdom of God, we're going to start looking at them through the lens of uh, modern culture, or maybe maybe the better way to say that is we're going to start looking at culture, we're going to start looking at some of the things in the earth, some of the things of the opposing kingdom uh, through the lens of the kingdom of God, maybe that's a better way to put it, is that the lens we're looking through is God's kingdom. This is something that we've wanted to do and we've done off and on throughout the the time of the podcast, but I feel like now's a great time to really put it in a kingdom context. What I mean by that, I talked about it a little bit last time, I'll reiterate since we've been out for a week and just kind of recap, but the kingdom of God is not this separate thing over here and you've got life and the world and everything and then you got the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is supposed to sort of invade the earth. It's an opposing kingdom that's already here right now in the earth that should be uh, active and alive, and we should be an active part of the kingdom of God. And I think part of that is looking at things in the world and showing how maybe they'd be better if they were operating under the kingdom principles of God. Um, looking looking at how maybe they are coming against the kingdom of God. And it's something we need to pray about. Maybe they are aligning with the kingdom of God. And this is something we need to support and pray for and that kind of thing. So that said, I talked a little bit about uh, this Tucker Carlson interview that happened a couple weeks ago with uh, Kanye West. And I fully intended to uh, get something out last week on this. So it's Maybe a little bit, little bit late, a little stale now, because the uh, you know the news is such that if it happened more than three hours ago, it's old news. But it really hits home to some of the topics and some of the things that we're dealing with in our world today. So, all of that said, uh, pardon any uh, any glitches, any um, potential um, you know equipment failures. <laughs> if anything does happen, I'll just blame it on the equipment. But we're going to try something for kind of the first time, um, reviewing and looking at some of the some of these clips from this interview. Now, I did parse some of the clips. The interview is like an hour long. And so I took some of the places where they where they talk about and maybe come back to some certain topics. And I kind of spliced them and cut them and put them together. So 
Uh, definitely, you can go on YouTube and watch the full interview, but these are more select areas that I want to specifically zero in on and talk about and not spend uh, an hour watching this and then, you know, plus the commentary time. So without further ado, let me jump right into the first clip and then we will discuss. So you just came from Paris Fashion Week. You just landed and yeah. the lanyard's still on from it and there's a photograph on it. What is that? It's a photograph of a baby's ultrasound. Why is that? And that you designed that? Yes. Why? What does that mean? Uh, it just represents life. I'm pro-life. Boy, so you wear it on a badge. What, what kind of response do you get? And, and good, amen, I agree. I don't care about people's responses. I care about the fact that there's more black babies being aborted than born in New York City at this point. That 50% of black death in America is abortion. Planned Parenthood was made by Margaret Sanger, a known eugenics, so I really don't care about people's responses. I perform for an audience of one, and that's God. Whoa, lots said there. Um, a lot of like facts and stuff thrown out. I don't know where he's getting his facts from. Uh, he doesn't like cite you know this study or that study or whatever. But uh, maybe it's not fifty percent of uh, all black deaths is abortion. I, I don't know. Maybe it is. I I couldn't really uh, positively affirm that it's not. Oh, it's just way too high because there is so much killing of babies and yes he is correct margaret sanger uh was a known he, he said eugenics um uh, eugenicist is what she is or was for those of you who don't know uh what eugenics is right this is you know basically deciding who who should live who should die um it's it's nasty stuff nasty stuff um i think edwin black i'm just Right off the top of my head, I don't have it in my notes or anything. I don't even have notes in front of me, actually. <laughs> Maybe I should. Um, Edwin Black, I believe, is the name of the man. And I believe the War on the Week. War on the Week is the name of the book. Very well-researched book of the eugenics movement in the United States and say, like, the early 1900s and stuff. And, um, wow. It's pretty thick, pretty pretty exhaustive, but it, it's amazing to see that just, you know, 120 years ago, the things that were going on right here in the United States. We like to think of ourselves as these, um, you know, pure as the wind-driven snow types. We, you know, oh, we were founded on God and, you know, the principles of uh, of Christianity. And the, um, yeah, but we're still people. And there's been times in our history where we've done some pretty egregious things. And our history is not that old. Um, but eugenics is one of them, and there's these these are people that have there are lots of holdovers. Um, it, it, it wasn't eradicated back in the day. Uh, people had to change their language, they had to change their approach a little bit. But Margaret Sanger, uh, I've read some of her uh, books or some of her stuff, and um, it's nasty stuff. And she was a absolutely a racist of these guys and ladies. She was a lady. Uh, back in the early 1900s, very much uh, put um, clinics and things targeted, targeted certain neighborhoods and certain races and absolutely did um, intend to control certain populations 
And yes, that is absolutely true. They were open about it at the time. Now, like I said, they've gotten smarter. They've gotten more kind of in the shadows, but um, really bad stuff. So Kanye is absolutely right. And he, look at him, he, major platform, big, big, big name. Uh, guy's a billionaire as far, far as I understand it. Uh, and this isn't a whole, you know, uh, just full-throated uh, whole endorsement of Kanye. Uh, this is when somebody says something that is kingdom, points things out that the church should be aware of, and the church really should be the ones leading the charge. Um, I think it's good, and I think it's good for the kingdom of God to come out in places like entertainment and sports and the media and government and be in the in the public forum instead of in the shadows hiding and I don't know waiting for God to rescue us out of here or something. That is not a scriptural mandate, and it's not something that I think we should be doing. I think we should be addressing the culture. I think we should be in the conversation. We should be leading the conversation. <laughs> we should be um, driving the kingdom of God forward. And uh, I think it's a good thing that that's happening here. Of course, Tucker, you know, gives those out the little amen there. Uh, but you know, it's interesting. Again, Kanye goes to this, you know, huge event that, of course, I wouldn't be invited to. Uh, lots of people there, and he's wearing a lanyard with a baby's ultrasound on it. I mean, you talk about just putting it out there. He's literally wearing it around his neck, like li literally. Whereas if we get in a conversation, you know, somebody who is supposedly, right, ostensibly, allegedly, we are kingdom-minded, we're for the kingdom, something at work, something in the store, something in conversations, you know, something comes up about abortion, or we, we kind of like cower and try to figure out the, 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 the quote-unquote middle ground that really is no, not any ground, um, Instead of saying, no, this is what the Word of God says, this is what the kingdom of God is about, this is the truth, and I think that kind of thing should be uh, commended. It should be commended, and people like Kanye are folks that we should be praying for. Maybe there's some things in his mind, in his heart, that uh, is still not quite, you know, there. Like, hey, you're talking about Jesus as king, uh, you're talking about, you know, performing for an audience of one that's God, and maybe there's some things that he still needs to learn and grow and develop in. Okay, J join the club. If you've figured everything out, then wow. I mean, I guess you just need to be translated up into heaven or something. We haven't figured everything out, and he's on his journey just like anybody else. And I think we need to be praying for him as Christians. We need to be praying for him and others that are uh, being moved on by the Spirit of God that are standing up for some of the principles of God's kingdom, and who are constantly under fire and under attack. And we'll, and we'll learn a little bit about that as we go through this uh, through this podcast. But hopefully everything's turning out okay, and when we look at the, uh, the draft of this video, everything I'm doing right now actually turns out. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. Let's go to the, uh, let's go to the next clip here. So you made reference to the White Lives Matter t-shirt, mm -hmm. which you brought out at Paris Fashion Week. Yeah. Why, why did you do that and what did it mean? My dad is an educated um, ex-Black Panther and he put a text to me today. He said, white lives matter, ha, 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 ha. And I said, I thought the shirt 
was a funny shirt. I thought the idea of me wearing it was funny. And I said, Dad, what do you think it was funny? He said, just, just a black man stating the obvious. Just a black man stating the obvious. So he and Candace Owen, um, Candace Owen's another, uh, he's a political commentator and stuff with the Daily Wire, and she's, uh, she's black herself. Um, so you have these two black people that go to this event wearing shirts that say white lives matter. Now you don't do that. Um, not in those circles, not in that um, entertainment culture. Um, you just don't do it. And people will we'll hear in a minute a little bit some more about how, you know, the manipulation, the fear tactics, the threats and all that. But you hear that his father is an ex-Black Panther, um, you know, black supremacist group, you know, that you know, black power, all this kind of thing. Uh, all that stuff is wrong. White power, black power, girl power, manpower, and whatever. I mean, I guess, you know, <laughs> whatever. It's it's all just pride welling up. It's splitting kind of an us versus them type of mentality. It's all wrong. And his dad thought it was funny because it's just like, it, it, you know, you're stating the obvious. Of course, white lives matter. Of course, black lives matter. Of course, all lives matter. Uh, blue lives matter. Why is that controversial? Well, <laughs> it's only controversial if what you mean by say Black Lives Matter, something else. It's a movement about something else. So his dad thought it was funny, just stating the obvious. But stating an obvious causes an uproar, right? And so he, I guess, apparently went to this event with, you know, shirt on that says White Lives Matter and a lanyard that uh, has a baby in Ultratown on it. <clears throat> so I can see why he has a target on his back. <laughs> Let's get to the next, uh, the next clip here that we'll get into some of the, you know, the, some of the conversation. They have people that are around them at all times telling them what to be afraid of. It's like not what to do or say specifically, it's what to be afraid of. And if you have a person that isn't afraid of them, you know, like a Russell Brand or yeah. Candace Owens. Right. It's not that we have to agree right. no. with this, but... They're not afraid. They're not afraid to state what their opinion is. Yes. Everyone, no one is God, and everyone has an opinion. A friend of mine told me that uh, Chris and Kim had called him because he had influence inside of the black community uh, and had called him... Uh, to say, oh, to get him to influence people to take the vaccination. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't have an opinion on that. I just want to state that as a flat statement. But it was, it was wild that I didn't know how close my own wife was to the Clintons. I didn't know, you know, I, I didn't realize it at the time. That you were married to her. And well, I was married to her. 
How close was she to the Clintons? I mean, cell phone away, like, or hey, tell Ye to say this away, or hey, go out and use your platform to push uh, the vaccination away. I mean, not away, but like take the away part. But you do know. you feel like yeah. at times you were manipulated by political forces through your wife? Attempt manipulation, but yes, there was some manipulation. Me not saying I like Trump yeah. was a, a form of a, a manipulation. These people were practically made in a laboratory, in my opinion. And one of the things that they're really good at doing is being nice and being likable. And what they do is for people that have some form of influence, whether it's an educated black woman like my mother that became the head of the English department at Chicago State University, or whether it's the most influential uh, white woman on the planet being my ex-wife. All right, a little bit of technical difficulty there, but I warned you up front. I warned you up front. Uh, I think the video was starting to, to uh, buffer a little bit, but the audio, I think, came through. Um, so a whole lot there. The, the first thing I want to I want to talk about is you can see how these things work. It seems like, you know, someone like a Hillary Clinton is coming out and just she she's pro-abortion or she's for the vaccines or she, you know, whatever. And then there's this other random person over here, you know, it's uh, Kim Kardashian and she just happens to be for the same thing. But see, they really are calling each other and encouraging and trying to influence and saying, hey, we, we'd like you to use your platform to do this. And we all know how stuff like that works. There's quid pro quo, there's tit for tat. Uh, I know that like say Kim Kardashian visited the White House, you know, to try and uh, I think get get people off a of death row at one time and different things. So there's these, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of moving and, and shuffling their influence around and there's a lot of manipulation of all people, but the American people through this kind of thing. Uh, and of course, this kind of thing happens everywhere. It happens everywhere. But we need to be aware of this. As a church, we need to be aware of what's going on and, and how the kingdom of Satan works. And we need to be able to pray against it. We need to push and, um, and stand against it. I mean, look at how God used Daniel through, you know, successive leaders of the most powerful nations in the world. And Daniel is right there, one of the chief influences right there through all of it, um, through multiple iterations, right? What, Nebuchadnezzar, uh, and then Belshazzar, and then uh, Darius or Darius, right? I mean, just who was consistent through those. Daniel was there. Um, you know, you have, uh, what is it, Artaxerxes and um, the rebuilding of the temple. You got Nehemiah right there, right there in, in the mix. You've got Esther, same thing. Uh, I think we need to not have the mentality of backing away from society and, uh, you know, just kind of going to church and doing our little religious thing over here and hopefully being saved and then just, you know, ignore what's going on in the world because there's there's no clear, definitive, just positive assurance that 
God's plan is to let everything go uh, literally to hell here on the earth, and then he's going to rescue us and then send everybody to hell uh, spiritually. Um, there are many scriptures that seem to indicate that perhaps, perhaps the church should be taking dominion and influencing the earth now. Let the kingdom of God, and, and again, I think it's Matthew 6.10, again, I don't have notes, just kind of right offhand looking at this. Uh, your kingdom come, your will be done, right? On the earth or in the earth, just like it is in heaven. How how is that how is that even a legitimate prayer if that could never happen? Um, I, I just I think we need to start to reset our brains as Christians and realize we are under attack. We are in a war. We need to we need to suit up, armor up, war up. We need to now again not with guns, not within the physical, uh, in the spiritual. But the spiritual has practical application to it. So whereas we may not, as Jesus said, my my uh, my disciples, right? They're not going to fight. They're not bringing. They're not bringing arms and going to. It's not going to be a a rebellion or a revolution in the sense of war and taking over political power uh, through force. But if we have a government where we can have you know democratic republican sort of government, why why would kingdom people not want to be a part of that where they could really have real influence? Why would kingdom people not want to be an incredible entrepreneur and, and own multi-million and multi-billion dollar companies so that we can be the driving factor in the earth? If the kingdom of God is not the driving factor in the earth and all the money and power and prestige and, and decision-making ability is in the hands of sinners, what is the earth going to look like? Why why can't it look more righteous, more moral? It has in different places through different times. <laughs> That's exactly what's happened. That's exactly what's happened. And I think we need to get back to a mentality and shift back to a mentality that, yes, that's what we want. That's, that's what we want. And so when somebody like Kanye starts to wake up and starts to see these things and starts to kind of expose some of this stuff going on, we should be thankful for that. We should be praying about this. We should be, again, praying for him, praying for people like Tucker Carlson. Is Tucker Carlson, you know, an apostle of the Lord? I'm not saying that, but hey, they seem to be leaning in a good direction with some of this stuff, exposing this. Uh, so anyway, the manipulation, the way it works, right? Doo -doo 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 -doo. Hey, we, we'd like, you know, you to get out on TV and push a certain agenda, literally a cell phone call away. Um, that's very very, very interesting. And they use people to get around these folks, people who are influencers, people who maybe don't really have a whole lot going on. They're not like, they're around entertainment folks, but they're not in any way like an entertainer. They don't have a whole lot of talent or whatever, but their their whole role is just to kind of plant these seeds in people's minds and not overtly control them because they might buck up against that but to plant the seeds and to get them around the people that are agreeing like you want them to and talking and saying the things that you want and that way your agenda gets done that really is it, it it should be obvious that that happens but i think a lot of people don't really realize it they don't think about it um and we need to i think pay a little bit more attention and ask people of god 
A, we need to fight in the spirit. We need to war. We need to pray. We need to, you know, come against strongholds and these kinds of things. But but again, once a stronghold is taken down spiritually, who's going to move in in the physical, right? Let's say in the government, there's a massive spiritual victory. Well, how is that going to help if a bunch of uh, demonic, satanic, sinner folk fill fill the void and become the the the, the folks making the the decisions because they have all the governmental power. <laughs> how is that? How is that? What's that victory going to do? What's it going to look like? I think again, in the New Testament, you can see where right up into Caesar's household, Paul talks about there are believers, there's Christians, there's there's people right there influencing possibly even Caesar. Paul came before these these big name powerful rich rulers and was able to testify and was able to uh, present the gospel to them and so we should think a little bigger a little grander and possibly even a little more kingdom as the people of god and again um hats off to folks like kanye who are seeing some of this stuff now i don't think this is going to be easy i do think there's a lot of pressure and push against the kingdom of God and the principles of the things of God, the principles of the things of God, the principles of God. And we're going to hear a little bit about that in this next clip. So let's go ahead and take a look and a listen. The majority of the media has a, a godless agenda. When Trump was running for office and I liked him yes. and every single person in Hollywood from my ex-wife to my mother-in-law to my manager at that time to you know my my so-called friends slash handlers around me told me like if i said that i like trump that my career would be over that my life would be over uh they said stuff like people get killed for wearing a hat like that they threatened my life they put my life they basically said that i would be killed uh for uh wearing the hat i never actually told people that I liked Trump when he was running because I was bullied by Hollywood because I stayed in Hollywood and people were like, think about your kids and I'm trying to hold on to the marriage. So I'm just biting my tongue. Like there's so many fathers and mothers that go to work every day and they're in a situation where they're biting their tongue because they think it would be better yes. for their children. That's right. So even me in my position, I was biting my tongue on my political opinion because I thought it would be better for my children. Even somebody that's a billionaire with a massive platform and you know household name recognition feels the fear and the pressure. And he's literally got people calling him, telling him, think about your kids, right? People get killed for wearing a hat like that. Now, for those just, just listening to this, it, it cut away to some scenes of him uh, wearing the red uh, Make America Great Again hat. And uh, again, it's, it's something we need to be thinking about. Because he, he opened up in that clip saying most of the media has a godless agenda. They're not just godless and then neutral when they get on TV. They are pushing that agenda at every turn. Our nation is swirling down the tubes 
because of the godlessness. Now, it doesn't stop with the current, you know, transgender ideology and, uh, and, and abortion and that kind of thing. It starts with moving away from the principles of God's kingdom. Things as basic and fundamental as one man, one woman, for life, raising children in the chief governmental unit that God created, which is the family. As soon as we start attacking that, breaking that down, uh, altering it from what God purposed, guess what? There is a slow drip at first and now a rapid torrent that is just going to sweep us all away. It's like walking up to a uh it's like walking up to a dam. All right? Holding this massive wall of just water behind it. Grabbing a stick of dynamite and throwing it at the wall. Boom, just blowing open a whole a massive hole into this dam and then all the water just starts flowing out and then we're like, "Oh no. I didn't want that much. I just wanted a little trickle for me to, you know, just just have a little have a little drink of water. I didn't mean for this. It doesn't matter. Busting open the dam is what's going to happen. You don't even do the first step. And that is where we are with our society. There are a lot of conservatives, a lot of people who would vote Republican who still violate on a regular basis other aspects of the kingdom of God. And I will say this. I can partner with somebody like a Kanye West and say, absolutely, all lives matter. Or absolutely, you know, we life starts at conception and we should we should be against any kind of laws that would allow for and legalize this elective abortion. Now again, doctor comes into a room and says, we, we've done everything we can. It's going to either be the mother or the child. One of them is going to die. We need to, we need to figure out which, you know, which way to go with this. Everybody can see that that's an exception. Everybody can see that that's not an abortion. That is who's, we need to choose who is going to live. Somebody's going to die in this situation. Totally different thing. Then walking in and saying, I can't deal with another child right now. I can't afford a child right now. I've got too many children. I don't want another one or whatever the whatever the excuse is. I'm not ready for one. I'm scared. I need help. It doesn't matter what it is. We can all see the difference. We can all see that there's exceptions to a general rule. And even in the Word of God, you see exceptions for rules. Don't murder, but there are situations where killing someone, say in self-defense, might be necessary. It's an exception to the don't murder rule because it's not murder. So, again, I think the church needs to have an answer for these kinds of things. I don't think it's enough. And I I will, I will go on record and say that even uh, myself, I'm sitting here making the podcast, but there are times where we're... Uh, I'll say 95% of churches, maybe more, they're afraid to deal with it. They don't even want to speak the Word of God to a situation. But then you've got the others who, they'll speak what God says, like, hey, abortion is murder. But then do they offer, here's what we can do as an alternative. What's the alternative? One, what do we do with someone who has been involved with an abortion? 
Maybe they're they're a doctor working at a clinic and they're 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 seeing that this is wrong. Where do they go? What do they do? How are they handled? Um, a a man who maybe has convinced or forced or you know whatever a a wife or a girlfriend to go and get an abortion. A a woman who has had their child aborted. Uh, what do we do as a church? How do we love these people? How do we show them that there is grace and mercy for even the most vile? It does not matter what, you, what we've done as sinners. We need to be more vocal about that, and we need to have... I, I shudder to, to, to use the word programs, <laughs> right? But you know, what, you know what I'm saying? A process for helping people heal and walk through that. Because just coming to a church service and hearing, hey, abortion's murder, that's not, I mean, yeah, somebody could say, oh, well, yeah, it is, but what do I do? I've got emotional scarring. What do I do? I've been involved. What do I, the church needs an answer for that. We should also work through some answers for society. Here's what to do instead of abortion. Number one is, how about abstinence? How about we roll back all of this sexual revolution and we roll back all of this nonsense, that free love and everything. Free love is the most expensive thing that you're going to ever experience because free love will cost you probably everything. <laughs> Emotional scarring and hurt and pain and anguish. And uh, that's what we're seeing, right? From the 60s and 70s when the free love movement, I mean, if that was if that was really the way to go, I mean, 50 years later, we should be like a utopia right now. Everybody's so happy and, and instead... As we've moved away from God's biblical model of the family, what has happened? More depression, more hurt, more pain, more broken families, more uh, tearing at the fabric of society, more destruction, just all around. It's, it's way worse. We need to reset that. We need to rebuild some of those bulwarks. We Yes, yes, that's right. That means there's people that are going to have to change their mindset about things. We need to reset some of that stuff because that's the way forward. But we also need to work with reality. Reality is folks have children and they're not married. Folks have scars. Folks have hurt. Folks get pregnant and they're not married. They're not, they really aren't ready for a child. What is the answer? Well, there needs to be a discussion. There needs to be uh, a church that is not just saying, here's what's wrong, but also, here's how we can help. Here's what society can do. My goodness, we could take probably a fraction of the tax dollars that go to these people uh, in Washington and sometimes even in the state and everything, even local government, and gets just absolutely squandered. And instead, we can divert those funds to helping people all right, you could easily carve out a couple hundred thousand dollars for every single person that legitimately needs help who wants to keep a child but needs some financial assistance until they can get that child adopted or whatever it is. There's lots of ways to do it if the society would just start looking to the alternatives instead of the quick and easy free love, no-fault divorce, and let's kill the repercussions of those things, which is our children. That is the problem with society, and we need to relearn and rethink. And the church, again, the ones who have the answer, the ones who have had the answer since forever, need to be the ones at the forefront leading, char leading the charge, leading the way. Let's look at this last clip, and then we'll wrap it up. Moses stuttered. 
I'm saying God is not always going to bring the most perfect personality. A lot of times the most fake people, their job is talking and making people feel comfortable. Yeah. You know, and the realest people are going to make you feel uncomfortable at first. Well, you heard it right there. The, the, the people who are real, who are true, they are going to make you feel uncomfortable. Uh, hey, we need to believe and repent. That's, that's an uncomfortable thing for someone that's in sin. They, that, that's all they've known or that's all they're aware of. Um, that's an uncomfortable thing. But the message of repentance is a message of reconciliation to God. Ultimately, it's a message of love, but that initial, hey, we need to believe and repent, guess what? That will make people uncomfortable. Speaking truth in an age, in a world where everything's relative, uh, except the actual truth, I mean, that's that, that, that right there is nowhere to be found, right? Because if you use uh, his, his examples here, if you wear a lanyard, with an ultrasound on it. If you wear a shirt that says white lives matter, I mean, you're a pariah, but that's the truth. And so what we need is we need to be able to have people that speak truth in love, but it is truth. And that truth will make people feel uncomfortable. It will make people question their little safe spaces because safe spaces generally is a, a space where people can't actually tell you the truth you need to hear. It's safety from what? Safety from truth. That's generally what what a safe space is, um, and, and or you know safety from uh, differing opinions. He mentioned how like people like Candace Owens or Russell Brand or different people should be able to get together, and they have their polar opposites on probably a lot of things, but they should be able to discuss them, and we sh and truth will stand. Uh, Jesus answered tough questions. The apostles answered tough questions. They went to public forums. They went to places where people could challenge them. And they brought truth. And guess who stood after the dust settled? It was them, because truth stands. All this other nonsense does not. And ultimately, that's where the church should be. We should be in the public forum. We should be in the public square. We should be in the public view. And we should not be in the cave waiting for Jesus to rescue us out of this horrible dark world so we can be in his arms forever in heaven. We need to say, hey, Jesus, Maranatha, <laughs> right now, right here, your kingdom come, your will be done. Where? On earth, as it is in heaven. That's what we need to be looking for. So again, my prayers go out to uh, a Kanye West, and the church should be partnering and, and helping folks like him in any way that we can. Again, without compromising our doctrine and things like that. I don't think just because somebody has star power and they're saying some right things that we should then compromise a lot of other things. But maybe, maybe Kanye just needs a sit down and a conversation with some of the right people on a consistent basis. Maybe what he needs is, and I don't, I'm not, maybe he has this, I just, I, I don't really know. But maybe he needs, again, is a, uh, he, he can get out there and, and, and slap some lyrics down and a track and, and make a billion dollars. But even billionaires need somebody that they're submitted to. Even billionaires might need some direction. You think Jeff Bezos, just because he has a bunch of money, knows anything about the kingdom of God? Probably not. He needs someone in his life who can lead and guide and direct and, yes, be a father to him spiritually. 
That's the kind of stuff we need. That's the thing we need in the earth. That's what we need is kingdom come, your kingdom come. And so when Kanye exposes the kingdom of Satan, the manipulation, the lies, how they, they behind closed doors, they work together, they call each other. Yes, they get out there and promote things that are ungodly through the media, through entertainment, through sports, through music, through all of it. These people have been doing this forever. And it's, a, it's horrible, but people are actually not awake to this. It's, it's a horrible thing. I can't believe people are so blinded to some of these things, but that's, look, right there. He's in the conversations. He's in the room when Hillary Clinton picks up the phone and starts talking to, you know, his wife. <laughs> so, again, he's exposing some of these things. It's nothing new, and he's not the first to do it, and he won't be the last, but it's time for us to wake up and start being the kingdom of God that our Lord and King that our Savior, Jesus Christ, has called us to be. He's called us to be the kingdom right now. And that is exactly what we need to be. So I love you. God bless you. I hope this has helped you. We will catch you on the next podcast.